Today's sponsor is Headspace. You slept every night of your life, so you should be pretty good at it by now, right? Unfortunately, many of us don't get the quality sleep that we need and could use a little bit of help, and that's where Headspace has got you covered. It's your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. And while they have meditations devoted to helping you reduce stress and increase your overall sense of well-being, they have an entire library of sleep stories, sleep music, and other sleep sounds that can help you get the quality sleep you desperately need. And for busy lifestyles, they have what's called wind downs. It's meditations and breathing exercises that are as short as three minutes so they can fit into anybody's schedule. I personally use Headspace myself. I've tried out some of the sleep stuff. It actually works. Like to me, it actually makes a difference. So Headspace, it's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews. That's a lot. And over 60 million downloads. Try it today for free and start sleeping soundly. So right now, our listeners get 30% off Headspace's entire library of meditations. Just go to headspace.com slash sleep pod for 30% off your subscription, but only until May 12th. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash sleep pod today. This is the Smart Passive Income Podcast with Pat Flynn, session number 141. Hey, and if you celebrate Christmas, Merry Christmas to you and your family. And if you don't, hey, have a happy holiday. Let's do this. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, who has a Chargers helmet signed by Philip Rivers, Pat Flynn. What's up, everybody? Thank you for joining me today. If you're listening on Christmas Day, uh, you know, you, you can pause now and come back to me tomorrow. You know, I want you to spend time with your family and your loved ones, although I do love you for listening. So if you want to spend time with me today on Christmas Day, that's awesome. If you're listening to this in the future, that's cool, too. There's going to be value provided here for you because I'm going to be talking about the biggest lessons I learned in 2014. I got 10 things for you. And not only that, we're going to talk about how, based off of those lessons, we are going to crush 2015, how we, you and I, the listener and myself, how we're going to go into next year and kill it. And we're going to do some amazing things. I mapped out the whole year recently on my previous trip to Ohio. If you heard episode 138, you'll understand where all that goal planning and things were coming from. If you haven't listened to that, I highly recommend listening to it. It was a lot of people's favorite show of the year because I did it in a completely different style. Normally, I have sort of an interview on, and this isn't an interview episode. It's just going to be me today. But that episode, I I got inspiration from Alex Bloomberg and the sort of NPR startup, uh, This American Life styling. And it went really, really well. I got a lot of great feedback, something I'm not going to do too often uh, because it took five hours to edit 30 minutes of episode. But it was fun. Thank you all so much for that feedback. And uh, again, if you haven't listened to that, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash session 138. Now, I know it's a holiday and I don't want to take too much of your time today. So I'm going to dive right into the 10 biggest lessons I learned in 2014. And the biggest lesson, I want to start off big here, is the idea of prioritization. I really learned how to prioritize this year. There were a lot of books that sort of inspired that. The One Thing by Gary Keller and also Essentialism by Greg McKeown, which both of those books really helped me understand what I should be saying yes to and putting my time into and what I should be saying no to. And the thing is, I said no to a lot of things this year. And that is really hard for me to do because I'm a people pleaser. And I know know a lot of you out there are also people pleasers and you almost feel bad or you do feel bad when you 
deny somebody a request or you say no to something. And especially when there's new opportunities coming as your brand, as your business, as your blog, podcast, whatever begins to grow, a lot of these new opportunities will come your way. And there's this fear of not only saying no, but there's a fear of missing out. You know, FOMO, that's a sort of phrase that came out of, I think, a Verizon commercial or something this year. FOMO, fear of missing out. And we hate to say no because we hate to miss out on things. But I've learned since reading these books and just understanding the power of truly understanding where I should be putting my time. You know, time should be spent on these things. Time shouldn't be spent on these things. And part of what goes along with that is utilizing some of the other team members that I've put on my team this year. You know, episode 138, like I mentioned, that helped me be able to be comfortable with letting go of certain tasks. And one big thing that I let go of this year was the production of my podcast, especially the Smart Passive Income podcast. So 133, episode 133 with Gary Vaynerchuk was the last one that I had anything to do with in terms of editing and uploading to a server and tagging and all those metadata things that go along with setting up a podcast that takes time and even graphical work, the graphics that go along with the podcasts that I have on smartpassiveincome.com because I like to put a nice little graphical header for each episode to help it stand out and help people understand what it's about when they visit my podcast page. After 133, ever since then, it's been done by other people. And it's just amazing sort of the repercussions of that. I've been able to open up so much more time and it's so it was so hard for me at first to agree to do that because A, I didn't trust other people to do it. B, I loved doing all of those things. I love getting into the, the to those technical things. I love doing the graphic work. And to say no to those things, I felt like I, I, I was just, you know, almost copping out a little bit because I can do those things. I love to do those things, but I don't know. I just felt like there, there was even some inauthenticity there by doing that. But to, no, that's totally not the case. And so far since publishing these episodes by having other people help me do that, you know, of course, I still have to record and do the interviews and do these solo shows and things like that. So it's not like my brand isn't there anymore. It's not like my personality or my voice isn't in these shows anymore. It's just I have somebody else doing a lot of the, the heavy lifting to make these things happen and actually put them online. And again, like I said, since doing that, so much time has opened up. And even when you just look at the graphical work, for example, so the, the thing that I loved to do, to do the most, the thing that actually helped me let go of a lot of this was actually writing down and keeping track of how much time each of these different tasks was taking. So taking the graphical work specifically, I would go to Photoshop, open up my master file, which you know, just basically opens up a blank file, but it's the correct size for the featured image that I use for these podcasts. So I'm st- I'm still doing things in a in a way that is systematized. However, I let go of even all of that stuff to save even more time. So opening up Photoshop, finding an image on iStock Photo, or maybe taking an image myself with my phone here at the house, and then uploading it to my computer or downloading it from iStock Photo. Uh, I also use depositphotos.com as another uh, repository of of stock images, royal free, royalty free images that I use on my site uh, that that I I won't get in trouble for, and then putting those into Photoshop, and then putting the text in a place where it looks good with different fonts, and you know you've seen these before if you're, you're at all ever on the site, and then exporting them, and then putting them up on the blog post, and typically that would take between ten and fifteen minutes, and when you consider that I do an episode every week, that's ten to fifteen minutes times 52, 
which is a ridiculous amount of time. I mean, that's that's hundreds and hundreds of minutes. I mean, hours of work that I'm saving by letting somebody else do that stuff. And it was difficult for me to let go of. But now that I've seen that things have been going along and, uh, you know, I've been able to trust the people who are doing these tasks for me. I mean, man, it's it's just I, I'm looking for places now where I can hand off things because it's just so much more time, not just time to continue to put into my business, but time that I'm able to spend with my family now. So it's incredible. So that's the big first thing. And, and the thing I want to focus on moving into 2015 is not only finding more opportunities to hand off things that um, don't necessarily re- require me, Pat Flynn, to do those things, but just making sure that those systems, even when I do hand those things off, are in place for those people. That was something Mindy and I, Mindy, my producer for Ask Pat, my uh, five-day-a-week episode that you can find at askpat.com, when I handed that off to her, actually, we started working together from the beginning since episode one. I made sure, and we, actually, we both made sure that even though she was doing all the work to put to put and edit all these episodes and publish these episodes, I wanted to make sure that she was in a workflow that was streamlined and quick and easy for her as well. So actually, in the beginning, it was a lot of hard work for both of us to communicate and talk to each other about how certain things were supposed to be. And so when you go into hiring team members or finding people to outsource things to, you, you have to understand that it's not just going to be like, a, hey, go do this and then it's then that's it. You have to say, hey, this is what I want done. This is how I want it done. And perhaps maybe we could do it together the first time or these these are the you know, you want to be selfish when you hand off things because you want things to be done your way. So you got to make sure that if you do want it done that way, you got to work together with that person because they're not going to completely understand how you want things done until you tell them. And that was the coolest thing about Mindy. She was very open to criticism, obviously constructive criticism in terms of the way I needed things done and then helping her figure out faster ways to do things so that, you know, I'm paying her for her time. So the quicker she can go through things, the easier it is for her to move on to other bigger things for her uh, help toward Pat Flynn products. So that, that's been big as well. And that, that's what I'm going to be focusing on for next year. So that's number one, prioritization, again, understanding where my time should be spent and where it shouldn't be spent. Number two, this was another big one. I mentioned this in a podcast episode previously, and it resonated with a lot of people because I think a lot of people also feel the same way. You know, in the, in the past, I used to publish three blog posts a week all by myself. I would write every single word. I would publish three blog posts a week. And now I'm at a point where I'm averaging maybe four a month. And the reason for the decline is not only because the podcast has sort of taken off and I've understood that the podcast has a great ROI for me, but also because in my mind, I felt like every post had to be completely epic. It had to be a post that people would just, I mean, I I needed it to be in my head the most amazing piece of content ever written every time I published a post. And that stopped me from writing. And I remember when I first started the blog, I didn't care how epic a blog blog post was. I just wrote. And sometimes those things went viral and sometimes those things didn't. Sometimes I wrote posts that I thought would go viral and be spread out and shared amongst the community and they didn't. And sometimes I wrote posts that, you know, maybe didn't feel like they were going to make an impact uh, and then they absolutely did. So I've learned this year that I just need to write. I just need to put whatever's in my head and whatever I'm thinking about, whatever value I know I could provide based on a topic that I know people help need help with, I just need to put that out there. And yes, I can be smart 
about outlining it. I can be smart about, you know, making sure it has a good flow to it and that it's broken down in a way that's easily consumable and that there's calls to actions and then it leads people down the page and certain things like that. But I just need to write. I would just get in my own way before. And so a big lesson for me moving forward next year is I don't need to make everything perfect. And that's, I think, at this point in my business, you know, I was getting pressured. And I think a lot of that pressure was just coming from myself. Now, there were a few people who said, you know, and I've written posts in the past that people have said, wow, this isn't really up to par for me or this isn't sort of your normal standard. And, you know, that would be maybe two people out of the thousands that would read those posts. But those are the comments that would stick. And so you have to realize that there might be some outspoken people in your brand who might want things a certain way, but is that the majority? And so those things really affected me. And now I've learned to just appreciate the fact that I have this platform and an amazing community and I can share things. And some things will go well and some things might not go as well. Some things will resonate with you guys. Some things might not, uh, but I have to do it. And I feel like I was letting myself down a little bit by pressuring myself too much. And it was just sort of, you know, I kept waiting and waiting and then I kept getting mad at myself for not having a blog post out in, in the last two weeks and things like that. I've been doing great with the podcast. I've systemized that and I've, I've put an editorial calendar in place to keep me moving forward. And I think that's something that's going to help me moving into next year. So with the blog posts, I'm going to be planning ahead a little bit, perhaps creating themes around certain weeks or months and just writing. I'm just going to write and we'll see what happens. So that's number two. Number three, a big lesson I learned this past year was just how amazing it is to hire somebody specifically to help me through my email. In episode 115, I featured and brought and invited on my assistant, Jessica, my executive assistant, who is the person who helps manage my email. And she enabled me to get from over 9,000 unread emails in my inbox. I was at a point where every time I got a new email, I would just you know, like shed a little tear because I knew I was going to let that person down because I was not going to get to them. I was trying to answer emails in order. And of course, some of those emails were urgent. Some of them were not. And it would just pile up, pile up this huge weight on my shoulder. I brought Jessica on board and you can hear her in episode 115 at com slash session 115. You'll hear her plan for helping tackle my inbox. And I'm at a point now where you know, once a week, I can get to inbox zero for both urgent emails and emails that aren't so urgent. And she's there as a filter and I am there understanding what emails need to be answered by me first and maybe what emails don't need to be answered by me first. So moving into 2015, I just want to keep that going. I want to keep, uh, you know, utilizing Jessica and also making sure that people who require some sort of, 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 response from me get it right away and I've, I've been feeling really good about that and just having her help me with my email is again taking that huge weight off my shoulder and I feel so much better now in terms of the relationship and the communication that I have with my audience I mean email is such a killer I mean when you think about it it's really just a way to organize other people's agendas and that was the big thing that I think I think Jessica said that to me and I heard Tim Ferriss talk about this when I had him on the show as well. Email is just a way to organize other people's agendas and I have to focus on what I need to focus on first. And within your pool of emails, there are certain emails that are going to be more important than others. If you have somebody else in there or a way to somehow filter through that, it's going to make life so much easier. It's going to take a lot of weight off your shoulders. So I'm going to hopefully continue to do that moving into 2015. All right, number four, people love 
what they can relate to. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean, that sounds kind of obvious, right? But let's talk about my podcast really quick. The podcast has been performing really well, and I've been keeping track very, 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 very much of the numbers for each of the episodes and trying to understand, okay, which episodes resonate with my audience more than others. And you might agree with this, and it's not going to be everybody, but you, the listener, might agree with this, that the episodes that seem to resonate most with you are the ones that show examples of people just like you finding success. You know, I, I, I love having people on you know, the, the A-listers, the, the, the big names on the show to interview, like Gary Vaynerchuk, that was a great episode, and then Tim Ferriss was on again this year. But it's the people like Shane and Jocelyn Sams in episode 122. I mean, if you haven't heard that episode yet, you might not even have ever heard of those names before, but when you listen, you get inspired because you can relate to them. They were in a spot just like you, and I feel like those are the episodes that, I mean, I, I don't feel like I know because the number, the download numbers are bigger, the comments are more. I mean, these are two teachers who told their story about how they first heard the Smart Passive Income podcast. Uh, Shane was talking about how he stumbled upon my podcast when he was on a lawnmower mowing his lawn and he turned turned it off and he walked into the house and he talked to his wife about this crazy guy named Pat Flynn who was ma- making passive income online and that was the start of this whole journey and we get to hear about their first 10 cents online and how motivating that was for Shane and then now you know Jocelyn has a site for librarians and J- Shane uh, is a football coach he has a site helping football coaches with certain plays and, and defense uh, situations and and they're making six figures a month now six figures a month. I mean, their income is more than I am, mine right now. And it's just so cool to hear that story coming from somebody who is more relatable, you know, somebody who actually went through the process of, of coming from scratch. And yes, Gary came from scratch too. And Tim, we all start, uh, you know, we all start, but I feel like it's these episodes with these success stories from people outside of the online business space who, in terms of, t- you know, they're not making money by teaching online business. Those are the episodes that people can relate to most and, and, and get inspired from. You know, I know a lot of people who were inspired by Shane and Jocelyn and who have started their own business and has already seen money come in from the from putting a lot of those things into practice. A lot of people also resonated with episode 99, which was with Jessica and Cliff LaRue, who had talked about how they use Amazon as a fulfillment program. They go to stores around their area and buy items on clearance and then resell it on Amazon for a much higher price. And they're making six figures a year. And a lot of people have been doing that. And I get tweets and emails every day from people saying, hey, Pat, like I loved that episode with Jessica and Cliff. I've actually done that since listening to the episode and I've made an extra $1,000 this month or an extra $5,000 this year. Like that is so cool to hear. So that's what you're going to hear more of next year. That's sort of my plan for next year. That's why if you've been following along or perhaps you're on my Facebook page, I actually asked my audience, Hey, if you have a success story or you know somebody who has an online business success story and they are outside of the how to make money online space, I want to hear about it. And I have about a couple hundred success stories ever since asking and they are amazing and I can't wait to share them with you next year. I'm going to be interviewing a lot of those people who I feel you can relate to better and hopefully will inspire you or even give you actionable advice based off of where you're at, not just from their little pedestal up there, but because they were in the trenches with you or are in there with you. So I'd love to know what you think about that. I think you're going to be excited to hear some of these success stories coming. And uh, we already have a few already recorded and in the bag and ready and even edited for you. Uh, So I hope you look forward to that. I mean, this is why I feel Ask Pat, my shorter podcast, but 
I, I, I feel like that is why that a lot of people resonate with that one. Some people actually only listen to Ask Pat. There's people who are not going to listen to this episode because they like Ask Pat for a number of reasons. One, because it's much shorter and it's to the point. But also people have told me specifically that they love hearing the questions come in. So for those of you who don't know what Ask Pat is, if you go to askpat.com, each episode features a voicemail question from somebody in the audience followed by my answer. And people love to hear those questions come in and the voices of the other people in the community because they can relate to it. And that's so cool. So that's what I'm going to be doing moving forward. And hopefully for you, maybe that inspires you to figure out how you can create stuff that relates to your audience. If you have a podcast, maybe you're interviewing not all the right people that you should be interviewing. I don't know. Just throwing that out there. So that's number four. All right, number five. Sponsors on my podcast are okay. Sponsors on my podcast are okay. Out of the millions of downloads, actually, since putting sponsors on my show, and I I started in episode 97 of the Smart Passive Income podcast. You can go back and listen to that. SmartPassiveIncome.com slash session 97. I had John Lee Dumas from Entrepreneur on Fire on the show, and a lot of people follow him as well as I do. And for those of you who follow both of us, you know that he has sponsors on his show. So I had him, I invited him on the show to talk about how he's been able to do sponsorships and actually be honest with my feelings towards sponsorships because I was totally against it at first. I was like, it completely ruins the user and the listener experience. And I had a really hard time with it at first. But ever since implementing sponsors in the way that I know my audience would would be okay with. Um, it's been working out really well. So for this show, for example, you haven't heard any sponsors yet, but you get to hear one at the end of the show because I want to make sure that I'm able to provide value for you first before sharing anything like that. But also, it's always sponsors that I have used before, I, companies that I completely know about and, and talk to people there and have used those services before. And that is also another way that I feel makes it more honest when I actually share those sponsorships. And you get... I mean, it's crazy. Like ever since, I guess ever since the word has got out that I have sponsors on my show, I mean, every week there are new companies out there asking me for time on my show. And they, some of them offer quite a bit of money. Um, you know, we're talking three, $4,000 an episode, some of them. But I have to say no because I don't know those companies and I haven't used them or they just don't align with my brand. They just want to get in front of you. And I understand that. And, uh, you know, my first and biggest priority is you guys. And so being able to align a sponsor that I resonate with, that I know will help you, that also understands my sort of, un you know, the, the fact that I want to keep, keep the, the listener experience great now, those are the people I want to work with. And so far, it's been working out really, really well. And so it's a win for everybody. People get to understand and, and see what companies that I recommend. And I also get paid from these companies as well. And I get to make money without asking you specifically to pay me money, which is pretty cool. So, you know, for Smart Passive Income, at this point in time, I'm making anywhere between you know, $1,800 and $2,500 per episode, which is pretty darn awesome. And then with Ask Pat, I'm making anywhere between $200 and $400, depending on the sponsor and the deal that we made. So... So far, so good. Out of the millions of listens across both shows, only a handful of complaints. You know, if people that don't understand where I'm coming from with that and they don't agree, well, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, now that I have a team now, it's been really helpful to be able to use some of that money that the sponsors are, are sending over and giving that to my team to continue to do the, the, the hard work and, and the uh, quality work that I know they can do. So thank you to all of you for, for all of your support. And thank you to obviously the sponsors out there who are working with me too. So that's number five. Sponsors are okay as long 
as they align with your brand and your audience understands where you're coming from with them. I think another podcast that has done sponsorships really well is Startup by Alex Bloomberg and, uh, you know, uh, Reply All, which is another one which is under the Gimlet company or Gimlet Media. Uh, So if you're looking for ways to add sponsors to your show, those are some shows to check out too. And moving forward into 2015, I will say that already in both shows, Q1 and Q2, so quarter one and quarter two of next year, are already completely booked, which is amazing, which is so cool. Uh, and I'm going to hopefully continue to do that and stay aligned with those, those values and goals there. All right, number six, meditation. Meditation. Meditation was always something that was really weird to me. And you've heard me talk about this before and how I've attempted to add meditation into my life. And I've tried it before and I just completely failed and bombed. But I'm starting to get it now. And not only am, and I'm, and am I starting to feel like I can actually do it, and I'll talk more about that in a second, but I'm actually starting to, to feel the effects of it too. And it's interesting because when I hear these other interviews with other successful entrepreneurs, you know, Tim Ferriss talks to a lot of people about you know, his, their morning rituals and things like that. And, uh, you know, uh, Jessica, or excuse me, Jamie Tardy from Eventual Millionaire talks a lot about, you know, morning rituals and what people do and what people give credit to in terms of what has helped them find success. And meditation always comes up. And at first I was like, what is this like woo woo thing that like, what is, is this some religious spiritual thing? And, you know, I thought it was like, you know, I, I thought like every, I thought meditation was like this 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 sort of inside joke, you know, like everybody who quote meditated would get together and talk about how awesome meditation was, just to just to make everybody else be like, oh, you know, like I thought that's what I thought. Like I thought it was just this like thing that was weird and like, you know, after hearing about it so much though, I gave it a shot. Didn't work out always. I got a lot of great advice from a lot of you out there. A lot of apps uh, have helped. Headspace is one of them. So if you're looking to start uh, adding meditation into your life, Headspace is a great one. And uh, so I'm really happy with that. But I've since moved on to another tool that I've used that has been really, really fun because it sort of gamifies meditation. And I think this is what is holding me accountable, what is helping me create this habit of putting meditation into my daily ritual. And it's this device called Amuse. So if you go to choosemuse, M-U-S-E dot com, you'll see this weird looking device. It almost looks like a, a headband or like glasses with no lenses. You actually put it on your head and, and the strap goes in front of your forehead and you'll see there's these little metal or some sort of sensors on there. There's five sensor points and they actually tap into your brain. Uh, again, this sounds really weird, but trust me, it also plays with this app that you have. Uh, it, so your app connects to this device through Bluetooth and there's this app that goes along with this tool called Calm. And in this app, what happens is once you sort of put this thing on your head and you calibrate it, it you know, if you do one of these meditation sessions with this with this application, essentially what happens is it reads how active your brain is or how calm it is. And when you're going through one of these sessions, when your brain becomes active, you start to hear the wind rustling, like you have your headphones on, you start to hear a lot of loud wind, you start to hear waves crashing and a lot of noise. But when you're calm, you start to hear silence or just little trickles of water. And then if you are silent or calm long enough, you start to hear birds tweeting and, and things like that. And you can hear it. I mean, my first few sessions, actually my first dozen sessions with this thing were just completely miserable. I mean, they give, they give you after your session, you know, I do three minute sessions. Sometimes I do seven uh, every once in a while. And after your session, they spit out this graph that shows you how active you were at certain points and how calm you were. And it's just like a roller coaster. It's just like this up and down sine wave. And it's incredible 
And it's really cool. It gives you insights on when you're most calm, when you're most focused. I found out that in the morning, I am actually the most focused. And at night, my brain's all over the place. And it's just really cool because it's actually motivating me to, to, to see what I can do to focus. And I've learned to how to control my active brain and calm it down a little bit, which it actually I've felt the effects from when I'm actually working. I can actually directly attribute a lot of the recent success I've had in the, the blog posts that I've written and the, the, the focus that I've had while creating these podcast episodes and doing my work to meditation and the fact that I'm using these muscles in my brain now to control my thoughts and really focus on certain things. So, I mean, I, I know that sounds weird, but I, I, I totally recommend you check it out or at least explore meditation a little bit. And if it's something you're serious about, I highly recommend checking out choosemuse.com. Again, something I was totally like, what about? And now I'm like, heck yeah, it's awesome. So meditation, check it out. All right, eight, or excuse me, seven. Presentations. I've done a lot of presentations over the past year, and the one big thing I learned, because I've spoken to a lot of people, you know, whenever I get into something, I really get into it, and I talk to a lot of people about it, and I try to learn as much as I can about the, the craft. And so the craft of presentation and, and, and speaking on stage and performance, you know, I learned that a lot of professional speakers, they do the same presentation multiple times. Like they go to different conferences and they do the same presentation. And that blew my mind because before 2014, I was doing a brand new presentation everywhere I spoke. And, you know, in 2013, I spoke eight times. So I had eight complete different presentations. Before that, I had a few different presentations as well, the different times I've spoken. And this is the first year that I've repeated a presentation that I've done at a different conference. And oh man, it's been an amazing experience to be able to redo a presentation and pull the parts out that worked and, and make sure to focus on those and make them even better or take out the parts that maybe didn't work. And I did my raving fans presentation. It's called How to Convert Your Casual Audience into a Group of Raving Fans or How to Convert Your Casual Audience into Raving Fans. Um, man, it's just, I mean, I've become known for this presentation. I mean, it's what helped landed me the opening keynote at New Media Expo next year in April. So I hope to see you there. So I actually get to do the opening keynote in front of thousands of people. I'm already preparing for this presentation. And uh, a few people over there at the NMX crew, they said this is, they've never been more excited for an opening keynote. So so I hope to see you there. But anyway, my, my point is just getting smart with how you're using your time if you're a speaker. And I have been able to you know, go to these different presentations, not have to worry so much about preparing a new presentation, but just working on and fine tuning an existing presentation, perhaps tailoring it a little bit to that particular audience. But you know, I'm getting paid for for speaking now and to get paid for doing something that you've already done. Oh my gosh, it just opens up this whole new world for you. And so it's really helping me think about my speaking career because I love to get on stage. I love to perform and do these things, um, how I can better utilize my time and things like that. And so being able to come up with these presentations that are more universal, perhaps, and more appealing toward different types of crowds, or, uh, you know, maybe creating a skeleton for a presentation that can be sort of tweaked a little bit for a different uh, crowd, uh, that that's kind of what I'm going to be doing moving forward in next year. So not necessarily creating a brand new presentation each time, but being smarter about how I utilize the information that I've already shared in previous presentations to upcoming presentations. So, so that, that's been a big learning experience for me. And uh, you'll see a speaker page on the site very soon. That, that's the big goal 
in 2015. It'll either be on smartpassiveincome.com, but more likely it'll be on patflynn.com. That personal side of mine that I've had, I didn't even touch it this year. That's going to work a little bit more harder for me. Um, I got the domain patflynn.com after a long two-year stretch of trying to get it, and I haven't even really used it to its fullest potential yet. And I think that's going to be the hub of, of me, you know, the Pat Flynn brand, not Smart Passive Income. Smart Passive Income will be a part of that and it will be linked to from that site. But that's going to be more, hey, here's where you can hire me to speak. Here are the books that I've worked on and, and, and written and published and, and things like that. So that's what patflynn.com is going to be. So that was, uh, that was point number seven, but that was about presentations. Point number eight, big lesson I learned this year was um, really through the experience of putting my son into school. You know, my son's in preschool now. My wife and I get to take him every single day. And I already talked about it in a previous episode. Actually, it was a special audio file I recorded for you. It was actually an interview, I guess, with my four-year-old son and him sort of me and him going back and forth about my campaign to build schools in Ghana. And, um, you know, at the time of this recording, actually, because I'm recording this ahead of time, the campaign is still going on. So by the time this goes live, it will have already ended. And hopefully I will have reached the goal of helping to raise $25,000 from the SPI community. At the time of this recording, we just passed $20,000 and there are two days left. So it's going to be exciting to see it uh, go toward the end there and see if we can we can make our goal. Uh, so if you go to smartpassiveincome.com slash birthday, because I actually launched that campaign on my birthday, you'll be able to see if we actually reach this goal or not. Uh, but anyway, this isn't what I want to talk about in terms of my son going to school. The, the biggest lesson I learned is because, and I always sort of knew this, this was the case, but it became more apparent when both my wife and I, we, 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 together as a family, we bring our son to school. So my wife is there, I am there, and my, my daughter's there too. And we are pretty much, I mean, we are the only whole family unit that brings the child to school. It's either the mother or the father usually, or sometimes a nanny that brings um, the child to school. And, you know, we went to a holiday party with some some. Uh, parents of my son's friends, which is really interesting. I mean, we, we've gained a whole new set of friends ever since putting our son into school. Almost everybody asked, or they've noticed that both my wife and I bring our son to school. And they ask, how are you able to do that? What do you do? And then again, it's the whole story about, you know, getting laid off and, and what I do now and how it enables me to have this flexible schedule to do these types of things and how I work typically at night after my kids are asleep, like I'm working right now, and how I'm able to do these things with my family, which is the most important thing to me, like take my son to school. And then they're just like, wow, oh my gosh, this is so cool. And uh, so, so, I mean, I'm, I'm not like promoting my brand there, but they get interested in what I'm doing. So the point of this is it was a big lesson for me because I've learned that just how amazing this this passive income and these businesses that work for you and and building online businesses and 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 the the era we're in now to be able to build systems and businesses of automation and and, and create things that work for you by investing time up front now the, the 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 world of possibilities and and the experiences that it can open up for you that are unlike a lot of other people out there i mean i am so blessed to be able to say all of this and to be able to go with my son to school every day as a family together with my wife and my daughter. And, and, you know, I knew that was always the case that I could, that, that I could have this freedom, but to actually experience it and then hear from other people who don't have those opportunities. It's just, it's, it's, it's humbling. 
And at the same time, it's it's motivating because it's just like, wow, these are the opportunities that I've created for myself. And I know it's having an effect on my son as well because he's even asked, how come so-and-so's dad didn't, doesn't come to drop him off? I mean, it's just so crazy. But it's also motivating for me because I want other people to experience this as well. So this is motivating for me to help other people experience the same thing. And you know, after talking about the Ghana campaign, I've had a number of emails come in from people who, you know, because in that particular uh, video to to help launch that campaign. I talk about this, you know, the fact that my wife and I both go to bring him to school. Uh, a, a lot of people have emailed me back and was like, that's what you've helped me do too. You know, through the teachings and the strategies that I've shared online, a lot of people have, you know, used their newfound freedom through building these businesses to spend more time with their family like that. And that is just, I mean, that's my why. And so I completely resonate with that. And uh, so it's pushing me moving forward into 2015. It's just giving me a huge motivation boost here at the end of the year. So that's why I wanted to share that with you. Lesson number nine. This was a big thing, a strategy that I learned. I don't even remember specifically. I think it was just in a blog post I randomly stumbled upon, but it was the idea that you want to go into every day trying to win it. To win every day is the big lesson. And and since about June or July, when I when I read this post, uh, I've been going into every day trying to win it. And that's how I approach the day. What can I do by the end of the day to consider when I'm falling asleep in bed that that day was a win? Like I want to win every day. And that that the definition of win is different every day. But I go into each day trying to figure out how I can win. And then if I don't, have a winning day. I try to figure out why. And there's actually an app out there that helps me do this. It's called Win Streak. And this is pretty cool because it prompts me at the end of each day before I go to bed to put in my wins for the day. So I'm able to remember and reflect on the things that I accomplished. And I put everything in there. And it helps me remember all the things that I've done. And then it helps me fall asleep knowing that I won that day. Now, there has been days where I go in and I don't put anything or I can't remember or maybe it it helps remind me that I actually didn't get very much done, in which case I can see that in this application because I don't write everything down or I don't have anything to write down. And that helps me understand the next day that I do want to get stuff down. So this sort of win every day strategy, I actually think this came out of a mastermind meeting with with Jamie Tardy in our group with Todd Tresseter, Roderick Russell and Jeff Rose. We, yeah, that that's exactly where it came from, actually. This win every day thing, um, to be honest, it was it was our in-person uh, meeting in Austin, actually. So Jamie lives in Austin, and we all went there in May, and we all had these really long, intense mastermind sessions. And during one of the sessions, uh, somebody was talking about this this idea of winning every day. And, and I've since really hung on to that and used that. And I love that. So win streak is the app, but mentally it's just, Figuring out what you can do to win every day. And then the last lesson is one that I need to be reminded of every, every time I do this, but it's, it's trying to remember and be reminded of. Because when you're into the thick of things, when you're in the middle of a, of a, of a post or creating a product or a launch sequence, it can be hard to remember why we do the things we do. You know, and I talked about my why before, you know, I talked about my kids and stuff like that. And, and that that's important. But I also wanted to make sure that we all understand that, you know, we're doing this because we're trying to make a better life for ourselves and the people around us and even reach people who we could affect through campaigns and things like that. It's sort of like what I'm doing with the school stuff. And I promise you, that's, that's just the start 
of of the philanthropic Patrick Flynn. I mean, I I'm so excited to see what's next. And you know, maybe it's schools this year, maybe it's something else next year, or maybe it's schools and something else next year. Like I cannot wait to see what else I can do to help this world. That's beyond just you know the podcast and the brand and my family. Like what else can I do out there? Like I. I I just, oh man, I'm so motivated. But but in terms of the, the actual hard work that we do and when we get into those moments of stress and struggle, you know, to, to remember and almost almost hack your mind in a way to think like, you know what, this is a privilege to be doing this kind of work. This is an honor to be in this moment of stress because that is something that is going to help us in the future. It's going to look amazing on the other end. And, and, and basically what this comes down to is have fun. Have fun with the whole process. You know, it, 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 challenge yourself and, and, and turn it into a game and just make sure that as you're working hard and as you're getting stressed out, which we will, and I know I'm going to be completely stressed out in certain moments of 2015, especially as I reach certain goals that I've never done before, like writing a book, uh, which I'm deathly afraid of, but completely excited about. I'm just going to try and enjoy every single moment of it and try to really realize that even though when times are tough, you know, it could always be tougher and to make sure that I connect with the right people and get the right accountability from people that are important to me and get the accountability from all of you listening out there to make sure that not only do I do the things I do, but that I I enjoy the things I do too. I mean, why would we want to do things if we don't enjoy it, right? And that's the biggest lesson that I learned this year because that's something I really hung on to here at, at the end of the year as I uh, start to accelerate into 2015. And I, I want to keep moving forward with that as we progress into next year. And hopefully you will do the same thing. So I don't know how far are we into this episode. 40 minutes now. I've just really loved doing this. I sort of just, you know, I usually stand up when I do my podcasts, uh, when I do my interviews because I'm more attentive, I'm more alert and things like that. But this one, you know, I'm sort of, you know, I have both my feet up on the chair. I pulled the down mic next to me and I'm sort of just relaxing. And, you know, I just want to pour my heart out to you guys and, and share everything that's on my mind and give you some of the big lessons I learned in 2014 that hopefully you can help uh, move forward with and, and learn from in 2015 as well. So to all of you listening, thank you so much for your time. Uh, the next time you'll listen to the show is going to be on, uh, actually, it's it's weird, both uh, the the two year shows at the end of the year here come out both on Christmas and New Year's Day, and they're still going to come out on schedule because I want to keep that uh, acceleration going forward. And um, so you'll hear from me on New Year's Day. So until then, happy holidays. Hope you enjoyed your Christmas or the end of the holiday season here, and I wish you a happy New Year as well. Please stay safe. Please don't text and drive. Please just be wary wherever you are. I want you to be safe and, and with. Uh, you know, the, your loved ones uh, this this season. And thank you for all the amazing things and the support that you've you've helped me with this year. It's been the best year of my life and I plan to make next year the best year of my life too. And I hope you will do the same. Thank you. I owe so much to you. And uh, if you want to go to the blog and leave some comments or whatever, you can go to smartpassiveincome.com slash session 141. I hope you've been enjoying the free podcast content here. I'm really excited because it's one of my favorite things to do. And I know a lot of you have already taken action from the content that you've listened to on the podcast. And if that's you, congratulations. Just keep going, please. It's one of my favorite things to see. But I also know a lot of you and a lot of you have been telling me that you've been wanting more. You've been wanting additional information, some accountability, some hand-holding along the way. And so depending on what it is that you're looking for, what I would recommend is actually go to smartpassiveincome.com slash 
courses. You'll see the courses that I'm offering there that are paid courses, but they're there to help walk you through certain processes. Depending on what problem you have or what issue or what thing you're trying to solve, go there, check it out. You can see if there's a course available for you and where you're at in your business right now, whether you're just getting started and you just want to make sure you have all the right things in place before you actually devote a lot of time and effort into something. There's a course for you there. For those of you looking to get started with a podcast, there's stuff for you there. And there's going to be more courses there in the future. And how do I come up with those ideas for the courses? They come directly from you. So thank you for all telling me how I can help you better. And if you have ideas for more courses that I can create for you, just hit me up on Twitter at Pat Flynn. Let me know or uh, use my contact page on smartpassiveincome.com. But again, check out and see what's available. Smartpassiveincome.com slash courses. That will be continually added to over time. So check it out. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much for everything. Stay safe and I'll see you next year. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com. Three, two, one. Dashing through the snow. No, no, no clapping, please. Okay? Okay, okay here we go. No, no, wait, ready? Three, two, one. Dashing through the snow On a one-horse open sleigh All the fields we go Lapping all the way Bells on bobtails ring Making spirits bright What is to find us in the So podcasting is obviously a big deal here at SPI, and today I'm so excited to tell you about our newest podcast. Yes, a brand new podcast called Flops. Flops is all about exploring, celebrating, and normalizing failure in the entrepreneurial journey. Every entrepreneur experiences failure at some point, so I love that we're just facing it head on here. And the show is hosted by two members of the team, Karen and Ray, and in it they talk to entrepreneurs who have had stumbles, setbacks, and flat-out failures. These guests are honest and generous with their stories, and I think they offer hope and encouragement for all other entrepreneurs out there because we all experience it, right? We all experience failure. For example, in the first episode, Ray talks to John who got caught up in a Ponzi scheme. It's a story with twists and turns that will keep you hooked. It's a great story. I highly recommend you check it out. But one thing I love about Flops is that it doesn't dwell on the failure, and it always finds a bright side. I really love it, and I think you will too. So the first season of Flops has already started with new episodes dropping on Wednesdays. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also listen at smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. I hope you enjoy it.